link, which is better than the link I had. Yeah, it's not there. So, okay. Well, let's, uh, since uh, it doesn't appear Scott's going to show, we'll just get started here. How about that? Thanks, good. Can you hear my sound at all? Yeah, I got you now. Welcome to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. We are here to podcast about anything and everything Star Wars with you. Please visit our website for current and past episodes. That's HTTPS colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R Johansson.us. That's R-A-B-R dot K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. Oh, you can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at R-A-B-R-K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N. That's not that's not Andrew, that's uh Rick. Yay, it's Rick today. Yay. And he's still stuck in Canada. That's that's sad. Oh, get away. <laughs> he's he, you're snowed in or something. Yeah, Iced uh, in. Iced in, that's it. Uh, so today, we're reviewing Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 3, Chapter 23, called The Spies. And I have a couple news things we're going to talk about. We have some, of course, we discuss who all the cast was, which is a very long list today. Not much longer than it was last week, but... Uh, and then we're going to kind of, you know, we'll review it and then talk about it and... Uh, We'll have a question of the week as well. So then we'll kind of bug you to send us some feedback, which we would appreciate. But let's we'll start the news here. It's time for the news. Yeah, so since uh, we had Star Wars Celebration just recently, it was in Europe this year, um, there's a lot of things that were released. And that's usually what happens. We get a really silent period of Star Wars news, and then all of a sudden, boom, they hit us. With everything at celebration, which sounds like they're not going to have until um, 25 now. They're not going to do 24, possibly. So anyway, um, first thing that came out was a trailer for um, the Ahsoka uh, uh, show that's supposed to be out this year, supposedly. It's supposed to be out this fall. August. So, yeah, so I'm sharing my screen now. It's a big black screen. And you can hear that too, Rick? Yep. Screen. All right. Let's try again, Rick. That better? Good. Something's coming. Something dark. Very dark. Sense it. 
Hogwarts already. This is a new beginning. For some, war. For others, power. Things have changed. That's the that's the one right there. Hearing whispers. Oh. Return. Sure, blue guy. Says August. There's lots of uh, sound and effects there. Um, so what I usually do, Rick, is I play it like that, and then we, if you want me to step through it and talk about specific things, we can, um, or we can just talk about what we just saw and, and not step through. It's up to yeah. you. We just talk about it because then we can we can do more in depth later when it starts playing next year. Yeah, of course. So, but uh, I, she's. I haven't watched she, all I haven't watched all of Rebels. I just know that they they talked about that one scene that I commented was like supposed to be like the end of Rebels or something, right? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, closer to the end was when the uh, when uh, Kanan had was uh, stopping using the Force to stop an explosion or something like that from okay. killing people or whatever. Um. And at that in that same episode, uh, uh, Ezra, um, we're not sure if he's kidnapped or he just willingly goes with Thrawn, and Thrawn disappears, and uh, we're left not knowing where he went, and our uh, crew that's supposedly left around doesn't know where where Ezra Bridger is. Okay. Um, so, not to spoil it for you if you haven't gotten that far, but. Uh, no, that's no. kind of how kind of it happens. Yeah, I haven't gotten that far, but I've kind of kind of pieced the, some of it together because then that kind of ties in with uh, the Mandalorian talking about that character as well, like awaiting his return. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You know, this first part where it says uh, something, something's dark is coming or something like that. They've been talking about that in the Mandalorian too. There's something dark going on out there. Or, Odd or whatever the with the Carlson uh, guy the 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 uh, guy in the fighter that goes around was going around asked the Mandalorians to help. Uh, Grief Karga. Yeah, and this is a lot of this is uh just kind of you know introducing the characters again as you can see there. There's not a lot revealed in this entire thing at all. So we see, uh, you know, this is, uh, that's supposed to be Sabine Wren. 
It's not a very dark picture there, probably because pause, but that's Sabine Wren. She's she's a Mandalorian, but um in Rebels, uh, I think it's one of the last seasons she starts to learn how to use a lightsaber. Um and I think that's who we're supposed to see think is uh using a lightsaber further on in this uh this clip this trailer because uh not here but the girl with the white hair i think that's supposed to be sabine too yeah where she comes out and she's got the hood and the hood comes off or whatever yeah i think that's supposed to be her too um but uh so i wanted to point this out too let me get there uh so those look like uh proprietorian guards or whatever but they're they're not they're something different um, but what I was going to point out was this guy. You know, there's some sort of rope. There she is. That's. I'm pretty sure that's the Bean Rin too. I can't tell, but I think her logo's on that shirt there. Yeah, you can't really see. Um, it says this summer. August is summer, is it? Yeah, it's considered summer. So remind me of the connection, like. Uh, Sabine is not the one that's connected with Obi, right? That's Bo-Katan's sister, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. I didn't think there was that connection, but I just want to make sure. Sabine was a, a rogue Mandalorian, and she didn't agree with uh, some of the stuff going on on her planet. Because uh, right during, during the Clone Wars and the uh, Rebels... There was they they talked about this uh, offshoot of the group called Death Watch and such, yeah. and then there was the regular group, and then there's another group too that's something different. And um, she didn't like all that stuff going on, so she left. Um, her family was at the time was uh, House of Rin, which uh, was the ruling house, and, okay. and she left. So she's she's like what Bo Katan was going to be. She was going to inherit the the entire, you know, Mandalorian thing. And uh, um, at some point, uh, I think it was Death Watch defeated them or something like that. And uh, gotcha. and they they went out. But I was going to mention this guy. This guy looks like, and, I, and I'm not quite sure yet, he looks like one of those guys in the, the shadow thing that we saw this week, the shadow uh, Empire guys. He looks like yeah. one of those guys. Um. And I just even from watching this several times, I can't tell if it's him or not because um, the the way those guys were in that blue hue or whatever, I can't really tell. But well, I think he's one of those warlords. So if you if you watch it when it does a closed caption, it says Babylon. Like it pops up that he speaks and his name is like Babylon. And I, I can't remember who that lady is. We have to prepare for the worst. The Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left. Perhaps it is time to begin again. That's enough of that. So, 
I don't know if I ever mentioned to you, but um, Thrawn and his people aren't in the the same system that we see in most of Star Wars. They're in they're in the outer outer rim area, which is unexplored. Okay, so nobody knows what's out there, and they're they're pretty far out there. And uh, Thrawn gets expelled from his his uh, military, you know, with his people, and uh, they take that pretty seriously. So he, uh, you know, he takes off on his own kind of thing, and that's uh, why he ends up in our space because um, they're one of their 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 big thing is, um, you know, they they they're kind of like the Romulans or not the Romulans the. Uh, Golly, the Star Trek thing. I can't even associate it anymore. Um, but yeah, they they wanna they wanna um take over in 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 rural areas and stuff. Um, gotcha. Maybe not maliciously. They just like to uh, you know say they own stuff. I guess maybe. Um, but uh, anyway, at this time. He's already been involved with Darth Vader and everything. Obviously, Darth Vader's dead in our Mandalorian timeline. Um, so he, he was involved back with, with Darth Vader. And we never saw any of that stuff because it's, it's technically maybe canon, maybe not quite canon yet. It's about to be, a lot of it's about to be made because I hope they do some flashbacks so people understand. But yeah, um, it's... There's a lot there, and uh, that guy uh, we were just talking about when he was in this scene here, he uses the force to push somebody, so that's interesting too. Um, yeah, he, he does the like the Darth Vader grip thing, like he, you know. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, which is, it should be rare in this time. There's, I mean, because we know that. Uh, majority of the Jedi are dead, right? So, where did this guy come from? And I've heard a story that um, John Favreau, you know, the guy who's writing most of this stuff, and Dave Filoni purposely made his lightsaber um, so it didn't look quite red like the uh, um, dark side yeah, usually like is. Um, so it's almost a little orange. You can't really see it. I'm sorry about messing with this. No, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was right back, kind of right there. I can't find it, but anyway, yeah, there it is. It's almost orange. Mm-hmm. The the so there, uh, it's it's supposed to be that way on purpose, and you're supposed to notice that it's orange on purpose, um, because I think. Uh, they're kind of referring to. Um, we talked about this before when we talked about the different kinds of Jedi. There's a there's a version of the Jedi that's um, right in the middle. You know, yeah. you got right in the middle, and they kind of think some stuff uh, like uh, you know a a Sith, and some stuff like a Jedi, and they they don't necessarily think that they're all completely separate. You have to have a little bit of both. And that's what I'm wondering what this is about. If this is one of those kind of guys that's, uh, you know, on the fence kind of guy. 
So he's All potentially right. a new character that we're going to get introduced to to kind of tie some of, tie some of the stories together. Then, yeah, possibly, yeah. But anyway, I'm excited about this Ahsoka, um, mostly because Ahsoka's a you know a character that wasn't in anything else except for you know our our Fisher stuff. The yeah. uh, she was in the Clone Wars. She was first introduced there, and uh, I think she was introduced like in the right, almost right away in the first season. But anyway, uh, she well, was a little she, tiny, little tiny girl. Then she's got a connection with Bo-Katan too, though. So like, yeah, they're yeah, interweaven or interwoven the, the stories yeah. together. Exactly, and I, and, and truthfully, I think that's the whole plan. Is they. They want you to to believe they're all intertwined, which they are, um, because they're all telling the same story. Let's say from a different point of view. Yeah, yeah, kind of. They're they're a little different, of course, but you're seeing the rise of the uh, let's let's say uh, it's not the empire, but the uh, um, new order, whatever they called it, new order, first order. Um, and you're seeing it from different points of view. You know, we, we're seeing it from the Mandalorian, from everywhere that uh, now doesn't have the Empire over the, over them and stuff. Anyway, um, the second one I've got is a trailer for that that Star Wars Visions I was telling you about. And just for a little background, Visions is um, is maybe uh, what you would call. An imagining of Star Wars um, from different points of view. You know, let's imagine um, these Jedi Knights are are like samurai knights, or you know, this and that, and maybe all the legend is passed down, like a samurai's legend and all that stuff is passed down, and and such. And it's uh, you know, it, it's a chance for other studios to to do something um, related to Star Wars. And last time they did eight different episodes, and I believe they're going to do eight more this time. Um, here's just a little trailer. Make that bigger. Myself. She has special powers. Can you get your porta potty off the starting line? She's <laughs> a total <laughs> Exactly. Don't be afraid. May the force be with you. It's showtime. The storm is approaching. I can fight them. I'm strong enough now. No one is stronger than them. We can beat them! No! You there! Hold it! (gasps) 
our calling takes us. Was loud too, so it is animated, of course. Uh, from what you could tell, most of them are, and they're the people and the stories that you see in there are not necessarily anything we know about. They're they're like, okay, we could take something a different way, or this could be something that uh, you know Star Wars or Lucasfilms could could pursue. Um, gotcha. Almost to me, almost like they're auditioning to to do something for Lucas films, you know? Um, but they're, but they're all usually pretty good and they're usually, you know, just 30 minutes or something short kind of thing. Well, and it's like, so, you know, like, I don't know, just picking out Ray on the, on the planet. It's more of like the people who live on the planet's lives and how they see the things that happen. Right. Stuff like that. And I mean, they, they obviously have to tie it into the, to the, mythology and stuff you know force using and all that crap and they do um you know you saw the little kid trying to use the force we don't know what happens there but maybe he throws that uh tie fighter away or something i don't know um it's it's that kind of thing you get to see some of the stuff you normally wouldn't see um and that's kind of the idea they they pitch it and they say okay we're gonna you guys send us in samples and we're gonna pick you know, eight of you that get to go in this season of visions or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it all comes out. You saw in the trailer, um, May the 4th. And like I said, they're all, all eight episodes should come out at the same time. So, um, yeah. I don't know how, I think last time we reviewed these, we just reviewed the entire, the entire eight of them at the same time. So we'll see. Um, you know, Partly because they don't really tie into the main storyline, so we we didn't really go that in depth in them. We just kind of talked about yeah. them and, and about mentioned them and stuff. Uh, here's another one. So this is a different. All kinds of trailers. So this is the Young Jedi, and this is the one I don't think you're gonna like because it's all animated and it's all kind of it's like based it's based on the, for little kids. Watch a future Jedi Master. Liz. Hi there, little one. Nash. This is the fun part. At Nubs. Your first adventure awaits. You will train the way of the Jedi. Learn.
adventures. Going on adventures with my Jedi friends. Hope this fun never ends. What? It's my new Jedi friend adventure song. Hey, saw that there. It was. It's gonna be on Disney Junior. Yeah, and yeah. Disney Plus. So I, I it's supposed to be released on May the fourth, also, and I don't know. I'm not even sure if we're gonna really watch that one because that's might be a little too kiddy for me too. Yeah, we'll, that, we'll see. Yeah, it looks like we're born to be that Moby Dick. <laughs> Yep. So we also heard about the Acolytes. I don't have a trailer because um, they didn't release one yet. Um, but that's supposed to be coming next year sometime. That's the that's the one about the uh, the uh, Sith. They, it's it's all yeah. about this the Sith different people. It's no there's there's Jedi in it, of course, but uh, we're telling a story from the point of view of a I think it's a female Jedi or not a female Sith. Um, that uh, I think is an apprentice of a of a Sith Lord, of some sort. This is just the logo that uh, one of the logos that someone uh, incorporated with. I think the new logo is just this the acolyte part, but they added the Star Wars thing to it. Um, but that's that, and that that looks to be a pretty good show to me. I think that'll be a. I've always wanted to know more about the the dark side and stuff, and. Uh, they they talk a little bit about them in the movies, but they don't really, you know. They it's more about the, the Jedi, right? Yeah, yeah. Focuses on the Jedi. And our last thing here that we've got is uh, about Bad Batch. They announced uh, season three in twenty twenty four, which is good. We get to continue and find out what happened to, you know, Crosshair and all that. Um, they didn't they didn't reveal a lot. But there's definitely it's definitely going to be the last season also. So season three is the final season. Um, and you also need to uh, realize they mentioned a couple times that um, you know we we're talking about how all these shows tie together. Yep. Bad Batch is also one of those shows that's going to tie together with all these other shows. So um, you know even though it's it's animated, we're there are things we can pull from there that will, um, you know, be important in other shows too. Oh yeah, um, Rag shows up in a few things. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sweet. And, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to read. I was going to see if they if it says if they skipped any time or anything for Nick for season three. Uh, Maybe we'll get Vin Diesel to be uh, Wrecker and uh, <laughs> bring him into live I action. Huh? I don't know who would be a good person for Hunter. Yeah. Ooh, Jason Momoa. That would be awesome as Wrecker. He'd be an awesome nah. Wrecker. Just get uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in there. He's about ready to keel over anyway. Yeah, he wouldn't be a good wrecker. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Be an awesome crosshair, but sadly he's, you know, struggling. Yep. Yep, it's it's sad about him. He he probably could uh 
make a bunch of more movies. He's 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 done well for himself, I think, Bruce Willis. For sure. He you know, obviously the diehards, but he's done well outside of diehard too. Yeah. Um anyway, so yeah, so that's uh season three. And uh, officially announced, we don't have a trailer or anything yet for it because they probably don't have one. Um, and the last thing I'm going to talk about is quickly is is about this show that we're reviewing. You know, uh, episode 23 is called The Spies, and there, this article that Rick sent is talking about spies, but it doesn't really. Uh, it, it gives you some ideas. And the obvious one, of course, you know, we know is uh, is this uh, female, uh, Ella Kane. Um, but they don't really mention the other ones except for, you know, possible suspicious people. Like, we're all suspicious of the armor, maybe. Um, yeah, I was suspicious of, uh, of uh, um, the guy that got killed this week. Um, but... Yeah, pa- pause Vizsla. I was suspicious of him, but he uh, he seemed to kind of pull his weight in the last couple episodes, I guess, and yeah, yeah, not be so resistant as he was. But I, I don't know. I you never can tell with with Moff Gideon. He's probably got spies, you know, everywhere more than we think they we have. Well, I think uh, the purpose is, you know, they're they're trying to draw all the attention on the armor or whatever. And I think, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think that's what they want us to do. And then it's going to be someone completely out of the blue that we're going to be like, holy crap, we were totally blindsided by that. Yeah, it could be. Um, it could be this guy, Axe Wolves. He's the, the head of the other uh, set of Mandalorians. Um, yeah. It could be that or it could be that that female that's always hanging around him, uh, yeah. her real, real name is Mercedes. What do they call her? Uh, I don't know. She's the one that's got the crossed headband thing or whatever. Exactly. Um, X wolves is the guy. And then, yeah, they didn't even mention her in this article, but, uh, it could be something like that too. Um, you know, there were a lot of those, um, uh, guns for hire, since that was the previous episode, there was a lot of those people in there that were kind of resistant, I think, to um, maybe joining together with the other other team, yeah. the, uh, the armorers group. But uh, I, I don't know. I I don't. I'm kind of like you. I I I think the armor's suspicious, but what would she gain from it? That's what I don't understand. What is is she trying to? get rid of all the other Mandalorians and just have her little crew and that's it. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the point is, is, um, cause, cause we probably can guess that Moff Gideon's not gonna let him peacefully live on the same planet as his, uh, little secret base he's got there. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, it would be weird if, 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 uh, Bo-Katan was our, uh, or one of our spies. True. Um, but, but, so, we could kind of mention that also with this. So there's supposed to be a major, um, major person in, in the show is supposed to die this last episode. Yep, that's what they're saying. 
And I think, you know, they're trying to make us think it's going to be Din Djarin because he's been captured, but I don't think that's going to be the person. Um, I think it's actually going to be uh, their armor is going to die. And we'll never know for sure if she actually was a spy or not. Or maybe we do find out she was, and that's why she dies. Yeah. So they also mentioned in their little shadow meeting on the last episode, the guns for hire one, I think. Well, maybe it was this one, but yeah, I mentioned this Project Necromancer. I don't know if you read that part of the article that you yeah, sent. Yeah, I did. I did. And that's that's definitely the project where uh, they're trying to clone and, and uh, re uh, you know revive the emperor or whatever. Yeah. Um. So there's the uh, there's one of the guys that was in there. That guy is the uh, right hand of Thrawn. Basically, he's uh he's he's one of Thrawn's head guys. Mm-hmm. Um. And I look when I looked him up because I always look up their names and put them in the the notes and stuff. Um. I was I was surprised who that guy actually is. Um, he looks familiar there, but you can't really tell. And then I looked up the actor, and I was like, "Oh, I remember this guy and all kinds of stuff." I'm gonna stop sharing my screen. Share my audio again. And get out of this news so we can get going here. Looks like we got a third person joining us too. Do you get your time What's get behind there? there your get behind time there, Scott? Uh, I was busy. Uh huh. I don't do stuff while I drive. He was he was sleeping sleeping still. No, I thought about banging on your door. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just came from Olathe. Uh huh. We could have. Um. So we we haven't gotten very far. We just got through the news, Scott. So. Um, we haven't reviewed the, you know, walked through all the episode yet and everything, which I was just going to end the news, the news and tell everybody to watch the episode because we're going to get heavy on the episode. All right. That's all the screaming, screaming and we need Adam. All right. So our director this week was Rick Fujimami. I don't know how to say his name. I just, it's F-A-M-U-Y-I-M-F. Fujimama or something. I don't know. Um, writer, of course. Yeah. Uh, writer was John Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni. They both co-wrote the episode. Uh, it was edited again this week by Rachel Goodlett Katz. Um, music themes Lud- Lud- I can't talk today. Ludwig Gordonson. Um, Joseph Shirley did the music score. And down to our cast, we had, uh, you know, Dindrin was Pedro Pascal. We had his stunt doubles, uh, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder. Uh, we had Bo Katan as Katie Sakaloff. Um, Axe Wolves was as uh, Simon Cassidis. Uh, there she is. She's, her name was Casa Reeves, his Mercedes Vernado. Um, we of course had Ella Kane, Katie O'Brien, Moff Gideon was Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, yeah. Uh, Grief Carga was Carl Weathers. The armor was Emily, Emily Swallow. Um, we had Paz Vizela. Yeah. 
Pause Vizsla was Tate Fletcher. We need a moment of silence. You know, moment of silence for Paz Vizsla since he's no longer with us anymore. Okay, that's long enough. That's enough. Yeah, or is he? Uh, well, I don't know. Is he actually dead or not? We don't know. Yeah, kind of, we kind of looked like they killed him, but I don't know. Uh, so we, gotta, we have Gilead Pallion, who, who who's play uh, Xander Berkeley plays him. Um, Brendel Hawks, played by Brian Gleason, and I wanted to mention that Brendel Hawks was the redheaded guy in the Shadow Council, and he is the father of the Hawks that we see in the First Order. The General Hux that uh, is always yelling and doing the uh, High Hitler uh, move in the in the movie and stuff. He's the father of, of that guy. So this guy uh, um, shepherded the the First Order, and his son took over. I guess we could say he's um, in charge of that project Necromancer too, right? Yeah, and he's the one that has. Uh, all the uh, weapons to give out too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's given all the weapons to Moff Gideon, so he's yeah. he's got quite a bit of the Empire's resources. We we could say, um, somewhere hidden. We know we don't know. Um, and then the rest of the warlords. Uh, there was uh, Johnny Coyne, Judy Long, uh, Himki Madra, Ron Botada. Marco Khan and Maldia Pokerin. And then uh, again, we had the, uh, the uh, Navarro copper droid that had to uh, say that uh, they were getting invaded by Imperials when, you know, he didn't look at the markings on the bottom of the ship. <laughs> uh, we had, we saw Ragnar, the uh, Oz son for a, a few moments uh, they told him to take all the kids and go away or something. Yeah. Uh, then we had the uh, Zellian that uh, was running uh, IG-12. Uh, that was played by Shirley Henderson. Um, IG-12 was played by Takati Watiki. Um, Survivor Scout that was on the, uh, whatever, that skiffer boat that we saw in Mandalore. He's the one that was in the uh, top thing, uh, scouting stuff out. Charles Baker and the survivor captain was Charles Purnell. Phew, that's a long crew. I need a breath. We'll go uh, we'll go get some repairs done. Are you planning your next trip to Tatooine? Well, come on down to Pelly's Modern Repair Shop where our droids will spruce up your wagon. We'll service just about anything from Starfighter Corellian Y1300 Freighter to a Vespa hovering scooter. If we don't have the part, we can get it. If you qualify for our special program, we'll provide you with any parts our Jawas can get. Well, that's right. Come on down to Pelly's Modern Repair Shop where we can store fuel and upgrade your vessel. We're located at Tatooine's Moss Eisley Spaceport. Hangar 35. Right across the street from Aeron's. Aeron. And on, the, yes. and on that corner, the nice works. <laughs> the nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. To remind you again, we're talking about uh, the Mandalorian 
season three, chapter 23, called The Spies. Originally aired on April 12th, and this time it was 53 minutes long. One of the longer ones we've had this time. And that means it's time to grab your favorite beverage, pull up a chair, and join us in the Rebel Alliance briefing room. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. So we start out, um, we learn that uh, Ella is the uh, is, is one of the undercover people. So Ella walks oh, through rainy, rainy back streets on Coruscant, and she meets a Viper probe droid, which scans her face, and she says the code of TK2755, which is a uh, Stormtrooper designation, by the way. TK is a Stormtrooper designation, which um, is odd, but uh, the droid displays a hollow projector of Moff Gideon, who asks for her report. He says, quickly, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> Kane reports that the... He's an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, he is. Uh, he, she <laughs> Send me your TPS report. Yeah. Uh, she reports on the Pirates of Navarro have run into trouble, and Gideon reminds her that she reported that the New Republic would not provide support. And Kane explains that the High Magistrate Grief cargo was aided by Mandalorians. Oh, no. It consisted of Bo-Katan and her squad and Dinjarin and his covert, uh, you know, little little Yoda. Uh, Gideon is shocked since the two Mandalorian factions are sworn enemies. He says, what? And Kane, Kane explains that uh, that's why she contacted him in such a hurry so he could know this. Gideon tells her uh, that her mission is to deal with the Mandalorians. What do you guys think about that part? Is that a, that was a little shocking to, for them to come out front and basically call her. I guess we already knew from the previous episode, I guess, because she kind of um, pushed the uh, supervisor in the office to go a certain way, right? Yeah, it was cool yeah. to turn, but I wasn't really surprised that the connection about the connection. But yeah, I wasn't really surprised either. But yeah, I mean, we knew that she's definitely working with Moff Gideon directly. Yeah. Uh, all right, so now we get to the uh, part where basically he's he's done talking to her, and he now he's walking into this uh, shadow council that he's got this secret chamber. In or whatever, some weird symbol in the middle. I could never catch what that symbol was in the middle. Um, so Gideon walks down the hallway, flanked by several soldiers wearing white armor and red sensors. Uh, so it's obviously highly protected. He's paranoid he's gonna get assassinated, right? Um, and he walks into a laboratory full of tanks, uh, before he enters the conference chamber. Oh, it's a conference chamber as he was walking, like it would like, and then, yeah. That was exactly. kind of cool. Yeah, it reminded me of that scene where. Uh, um, does he need Does he need that armor the way it is, reminiscent of Darth Vader? Is he that injured, or is it just? No, he's. He just thinks it looks cool. I think it just looks cool. Is what he thinks. I don't think he's that in injured. I mean, when we last saw him, um, you know. Uh, Dingerin kind of disabled him a little bit and got the 
dark saber from him, but he wasn't really hurt that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's just that he thinks it looks cool. Okay. And, and that he can uh, make this armor out of the same way the Mandalorians did. Yeah, the Busker. Because I, I, I think, honestly, I think he actually kind of idolizes the Mandalorians a little bit because he, li- he likes the, the way they operate. But uh, it's also another mark on his list that he's checked off. He's defeated the Mandalorians. Well, but also, if you go back to the previous episode with the... Uh... The captain finds the ship that he was on. He comments about Besker. Now it kind of yep. makes sense, like okay. exactly implying that the Mandalorians were involved in it. But now we kind of go, maybe it wasn't the Mandalorians that were involved in breaking him out. Exactly, it was his own crew that. Yeah, he had. So he walks into a laboratory full of tanks that um, kind of look like clone. Uh, tanks, right? And he enters the conference chamber uh, where there's a bunch of holograms of uh, Imperial officers. One reports the New Republic is vulnerable and that they must be cautious in revealing their true strength um, so they don't cause suspicion. Um, A bald male commander, that's what they call him here, a bald male commander, thank you very much, uh, disagrees and suggests that plundering in hyperspace lanes can be profitable. Uh, a bearded Captain Gilead Halion warns the commander that hit-and-run operations are gaining too much notice, um, and they want to be perceived as uh, uh, disorganized and warlords and not uh, an actual organized group of people. Um, the female officer uh, adds that the citizens... There's many citizens that are loyal to the Empire on every planet in the galaxy. She adds they're growing sick of the New Republic and its rules and regulations. Which is uh, weird because the Empire had more rules and regulations I thought, but uh, whatever. Um, When another bearded officer suggests uh, using a show of strength to get the loyals to rally around them, Hellion advises that the strength must not be wasted and adds that Grand Admiral Thrawn, it's the first time they said his name uh, out loud in the show, I guess, except for when Ahsoka was here, um, will return, will herald the return of emergence of the Imperial military. So his return is going to bring um, well, the entire military that they've assembled. Um, and he might give uh, Brindle Hux enough time to deliver on Project Necromancer. Uh, Huck smiles and motions. Uh, you know, he, he says, I'm a good guy, yeah. Gideon remarks that Pelion speaks with much authority, but notices that Thrawn is missing from the delegation. He says, you talk a lot of talk, but where's your guy you keep talking about? Uh, he asks when Thrawn will be able to participate in the Shadow Council, and Pelion replies that, his, that he hopes... Uh, his hopes for success depend on the secrecy of his return. And Gideon, Gideon expresses skepticism, saying that he has heard a few rumors about the return of Thrawn, um, but mostly he's heard people doubting the return of Thrawn. Uh, Gideon suggests that they should look to new leadership. 
which probably he's going to nominate himself as the new leader, right? I nominate me. I nominate me. And uh, we hear that Hux and the, the female warlords support that. Oh, they don't. Okay. They don't want Thrawn. Hux says that uh, Project Necromancer is in place and that and asks that Gideon about Dr. Penn Pershing. This is when he tells him that, uh, you know, Pershing is no longer uh, available, basically, is what he says, right? Yeah. Uh, he was captured by the New Republic and that his research was lost, is what he said. Uh, uh, he says it was, it, was una, it was unavailable at the moment, but they hope they could get it later or something. Yeah. Which I don't know how that... Yeah, I don't know how that would happen. They scrambled his brain, so he's probably not going to be able to get anything out of him. But uh, Hux confronts Gideon about rumors that he held Persian captive uh, and was attempting his own experiments on Navarro, uh, which could be. We've got we saw uh, Gideon has his own uh, tanks of clones. I guess he responds that the creation of clones is Hux's obsession. And that he accounts for what he what goes on in his sector. He adds that the same goes for all the other members of the Shadow Council. Gideon observes that the warlords scrape their resources while Pelion and Hux amass resources and equipment that should be shared. So basically, he's saying that the two of them are hoarding all the uh, Empire's assets and not sharing with the other uh, warlords. Uh, <laughs> Alms for the poor. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's when uh, uh, Gideon asks for three Praetorian guards, and because uh, he's cons concerned about assassination, and he also wants uh, reinforcements for his Tie Fighter intercept interceptor squadron. So he wants uh, replacements. He also requests some bombers so he can deal with the Mandalorians, um, and he explains how. He believes the Mandalorians are going to retake their homeworld, which uh, I don't think uh, Kane knows about that particularly. You know the Ella Kane girl, so that's kind of also pointing to the rumor that uh, someone within the Mandalorian faction is spying as well. Because um, how would how would he know that specifically? That it's almost word for word from what they said earlier. You know. Uh, and Pelion is surprised about the resurgence of the of the Mandalorians, um, and he uh, he he asks if they would if they would cause any harm, and and Gideon argues that they need to stamp them out now so they don't have to worry about them later. Uh, the, all the warlords agree, and Pelion promises his reinforcements and guards. So Gideon's happy. He says, "Yay! I'm excited. Once and for all, they'll be uh, they'll be." Uh, taken care of. And then he does this little spinny thing and says, long live the Empire. Long live the Empire. And they all, they all start chanting. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird thing, a little Shadow Council thing. That was kind of weird, but it was kind of cool to see all those people. Yeah, and, but it sets up the whole thing that he's using Mandalore as a secret base and he doesn't want anybody to discover it. So that's the whole point. Exactly. Resources. And, and maybe he's even hiding it from those those uh, other members. Yeah, I'm sure. 
I'm sure they are. I'm sure he is. I, I would guess that they're all kind of doing a little bit of hiding as it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming out to steal every once in a while to so they can, uh, you know, have something to sell or whatever. Absolutely. Um, all right. So uh, now we go back to Navarro, and the locals have started seeing the arrival of the uh, Mandalorian fleet. The Imperial warships, including uh, Gideon's former former light cruiser, uh, Arg's protocol droid has started startled by the arrival of the Imperial ships. But Cargo points out the ships are now under Mandalorian control, and points at the markings underneath, where we see a a big Mythosar uh, marking on the bottom of the of the light cruiser. Uh, the armor emerges from her tent with members of the tribe to gaze at the approaching Mandalorian fleet. They kind of stare with their jaws open wide. Ah, what's going on? Bo-Katan, yeah, Bo-Katan flies her gauntlet starfighter with Grogu sitting on her lap. She tells Dinjarin that she hopes the tribe and her followers are able to get along despite their anonymity, or whatever that word is. Uh, Bo-Katan emerges with her followers and Paz Vizlo tells her son, his son Ragnar, to take the children inside. They don't want him to see the confrontation. Uh, Bo-Katan and her followers all remove their helmets. Which, uh, you would have thought they wouldn't have done that right away because that's, they all know that that's kind of an insult to these, uh, these other guys, but, uh, whatever. Um, that's right. But the called them in the last thing that they had to all get along. Yeah, yeah, and she did, and uh, we we get a moment of tension there. There's a probably a little too long of a moment of tension before she comes out and says, "Hey, welcome newcomers," and issues some or, orders for the preparation of a feast. Yeah, clang clang. Um. And Karga and his protocol droids visit Dindarin, um at that landing spot. And Cargo, Karga marvels at the stolen fleet and offers Dindarin a bottle of wine from Coruscant to celebrate. Later, Karga introduces Dindarin and Grogu to IG-12, a refurbished droid built on IG-11's chassis piloted by an Alzinian droidsmith. The droid has been stripped of its memory circuits, and he describes the refurbished droid as a just a vehicle, a uh, transportation vehicle. After the Alzillion walks away and says, uh, bad baby, no squeezy. Carter okay. convinces Dindarin to fit Grogu into the uh, control cockpit. And actually, I don't think he actually convinced him. I think uh, Grogu just walked up and got into it. Yeah. Uh, Grogu thinks, or Dindarin thinks Grogu is too young to operate the heavy machinery, but Grogu uses the the droid's vocal, whatever, his voice thing and says, no, 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 no. Yeah. or yes, yes, yes. 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 Yeah. He tells the, the yeah. adults that he wants to ride the 12 in the office, and Dindarin disagrees, but Grogu yeah. is stubborn and walks IG-12 around while babbling yes to the vocals. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. While walking through the streets of Navarro City, Rogu uses yeah, yeah. IG-12 to help himself to a snack from the Taurus Ucker stall. 
Yeah, but before that, he's before that he's saying yes, yes, yes all, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so he helps himself, and you know he has no idea that you have to pay for that stuff. So he's uh, Dinjarin is paying for it. He stops him, and Grogu picks up uh, well, they call it a jogging fruit, J O G A N fruit, and uh, Dinjarin tries to stop him, but uh, Grogu ends up uh, squeezing the fruit and squirting it all over the place. And, of course, he has to pay for that one, too. Uh, let's see. Jarjian fruit is a type of fruit. Jarjian were round and mostly purple with white stripes and red leaves. Fruit can be eaten raw or cooked. Uh, fruit was the main ingredient in garnish of a Jarjian fruitcake dessert. Uh, also a fruit tart, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's like an apple, I guess. It grows in orchards, uh, many planets uh, throughout the galaxy. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Uh, yeah. You're telling me go break, bake up a Jardian fruit pie. Yeah, she'll be, she'll be eating it all by herself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, later that night, the two Mandal Mandalorian factions gather for their feast. Uh, Bo-Katan tells them that it is time to retake their homeworld. Even though the planet is not cursed, she warns that there are still dangers, such as dormant all nights to those weird human people. Uh, the remaining magnetic interference has made it impossible to scan the surface from above. And I was going to talk here about um, if you notice when they're walking around, there's these big, huge things on the spits that are they're cooking on the over the fire. Mm -hmm. Remember the the birds they brought back a couple episodes ago. Yeah, they still looking off. Yeah. They still looking off a lot, a lot like those birds. <laughs> it, I you know we thought they were gonna keep them as pets, but I guess they're gonna eat them. Huh? Yes, uh, yes, those birds came bird. into a pretty important role, huh? Exactly. They were hungry and they had lots of meat. Uh, she proposes that they leave Navarro and move the fleet into orbit above Mandalore. Bo-Katan intends to send down a small recon party to scout the surface, including the Great Forge. Once it's safe, they will bring down the others, and Bo-Katan seeks volunteers from both tribes. There's a little moment of tension here where nobody says anything. And our hero, Dinjarin, volunteers first. I will go. That's what they say, right, Scott? I will go. And next thing we hear, everybody's saying, I will go, I will go. We get quite a crowd. Quite a crowd. We get uh, Costa Reeves and Axe Wolves, uh, Paws Vizsla, the Armor, and several others uh, join along. Some... Uh, you know, fodder for the uh, for the uh, spark troopers or whatever you call them. All right, uh, volunteers. Okay, the following day, the Mandalorian fleets departs Navarro and travels in hyperspace to Mandalore. After arriving in orbit, Bo-Katan leads a security party to the surface uh, in her gauntlet fighter. Uh, after they've entered the atmosphere, the ship opens the belly doors. To drop several scouts equipped with jetpacks. The scouts land on Mandalore's rocky surface. 
and Wolf uh, informs the gauntlet that landing zone is secure. Uh, Dinger and Grogu uh, in IG-12 and the armor, and they all disembark. Um, and Bo-Katan tells the Mandalander, Mandalorians that below lies their ancient capital of Sundari. Uh, she says that the they will survey the surface until they find the forge and establish a perimeter. Uh, Bo-Katan adds that they will bring the settlers in once they once it is safe. After walking a distance, they spot a large land ship on wheels approaching them. The people aboard ask if they have food. Hey, do you have food over there? We're hungry. And Bo-Katan says, yes, we do. Uh, one of the people aboard notices that they're wearing the signal of the night owls. And Bo-Katan says, uh, I hope so. Meaning, you know, she's supposed to. Uh, the armor recognizes the strangers as Mandalorians. Uh, the person asks if he is addressing Lady Bo-Katan, and she confirms her identity. The Mandalorians on the land ship activate their jetpacks and meet the scouting party. As the men introduce themselves as followers of Lady Bo-Katan, who reaffirm their loyalty. Uh, wow. And then they talk about how they uh, may, uh, are, are sad that they failed her. You got tickles? Now I got a tickle in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> little bit of hair down there. Uh, the Mandalorians explain that the Empire destroyed every ship leaving Mandalore and twice bombed Mandalore's surface as punishment. Uh, Tan explains that she did surrender to the Empire after their forces were annihilated through the Night of a Thousand Tears. She explains that she had met with Moff Gideon after the Imperial Security Bureau reached out to her for negotiating a ceasefire. In exchange for submitting to the Empire and disarming all remaining Mandalorian cities and li lives were supposed to be spared. But uh, Moff Gideon took the dark saber and betrayed her, leaving them helpless during the Great Purge. So they told her that she was going to have a peace treaty and uh, took advantage of her and went ahead and wiped out Mandalore anyway. When the leader, leader of the Mandalorian survivors asked how the tribe survived, the armorer explained that they hid on the moon, moon of Concordia. When the leader asks if they are Death Watch, the armor replies that it that it's splintered into numerous warring factions. Bokatan adds that their people have always been divided into factions. While Mandalore has been too powerful for any enemy to defeat, it's their division which destroys them. In private, Dinjarin says that he had no idea that they had been taught by his tribe that everything with them was forsaken in the way of the Mandalore. 
he admits that he believed that Bo-Katan was selfish and uncaring. Uh, Dindrin says it, that he is now, now understands Bo-Katan replies that she regrets that her selfishness led to this destruction. Dindrin reassures her that they survived a millennial, millennia of destruction. Uh, Bo-Katan admits that she does not know if she can keep their people united and says that the Dark Saber is the only thing that can unify her people. Dindrin replies that the Dark Saber station and bloodlines mean nothing compared with honor, loyalty, and character. He says these are the reasons that he serves her and vows to serve her until her song is written. Dindrin's words encourage uh, Bo-Katan. And he says, I have spoken. No, he doesn't. <laughs> that was the last episode. This is the way. This is the way, yeah. So I later... This is the way. <laughs> later, Bo-Katan proposes they continue exploring the following day. And the armor responds that the Mandalorian survivors are too weak to continue. And says she will ferry them back to the fleet. In the morning. So Bo-Katan agrees and speaks to the captain of the survivors. Those of them who are well enough to continue the search for the Great Forge uh, will will stay. And the captain offers to bring her to the forge because he, he knows exactly where it is. The following day, he and the able crew continue their search for the forge. The armor takes the wounded back to the gauntlet and back to the fleet, flying through the rainstorm during the journey to the forge. Uh, Paz Vizsla, Wolves, and, and Axe Wolves play a game of chess. Wolves remarks that only a wing guard can flank and jump. Flank and jump. Uh, Vizsla replies that the enforcer moves like a wing guard when it's flanking. When it's flanking. Uh, and Wolves excuse, accuses him of cheating. Uh, and we see uh, Paz Vizsla pulls out his Viber Blade and demands that he submit or fight. Now, the blade, I, I don't see how they can hold on to that thing because it was shaking so much. It's like an electric razor, you know? Or a, or a, a beeper back in the day, you know? Uh... The two fight on the deck of the ship and Dindron offers to intervene but Bo-Katan pins the fight was bound to happen sooner or later. Should Following a tussle uh, Vizsla throws wolves against a chest. The two continue to fight but Grogu uses IG-12 to break up the fight and he says uh, he says no, no, no. no, uh, no. And then, the two men are like, oh, okay, whatever, and some robot, whatever. And they walk away and, and stop fighting. And this is when Bo-Katan says that Dindarin has taught his apprentice well. Dindarin replies that Grogu did not learn that from him. <laughs> Probably learned it from, from Luke. Luke Skywalker. Uh, meanwhile, the armor takes the gauntlet to the surface and informs the fleet commander to prepare to receive her survivors in need of medical attention. She flies to the light cruiser 
back on Mandalore, one of the survivors spots something emerging from the starboard side itself. Turns out to be a large dragon-like monster, which uses its tail to smash their land ship. The Mandalorians activate their jack jetpacks and abandon ship while the dragon devours their ship. The survivors retreat into an underground cave. So this is a part that I watched like four or five times in the in the show because I wanted to be sure it wasn't a mythosaur. Because it kind of seemed like it was going to be a mythosaur that came up out of that water or whatever, ground. But it wasn't. It was a it was just a dragon or a monster or whatever, a crocodile, something. Who knows what it what it was? But I they, they it was on the screen for such a short time. I had to watch it so many times to tell for sure. <laughs> so uh, they are they lead themselves into a cave in a tunnel that eventually takes them to the remains of the Great Forge. Uh, Grogu is inside IG twelve. Uh, when Dindrin asks where they are, Axwell explains that they are in the presence of the Great Forge, which has long been extinguished by the bombings. When Vizsla asks if they lived here, Reeves replies that it used to be their home. The survivor's captain says his group never left Mandalore, but survived by migrating across the surface until, until the war ended. Some tried to explore the underground levels, but never emerged. The Mandalorians are suddenly ambushed by a, a group of Imperial Armored Commandos. You see them come down and they're like, oh, what is that? Uh, there's other Mandalorians? Oh, no, it's the enemy. Those are not... Those are Imperials. They have jetpacks and Beskar armor. The Imperials pin them down, leading them into a gun battle. Dendrin says they need backup, and uh, Wolves volunteers to return to the fleet to bring reinforcements, which there's another person that leaves that could be suspicious, like I mentioned him earlier. Uh, Bo-Katan thinks that it's too far, but uh, Paz Vizsla spots an opening in the ceiling, and he provides cover fire for Wolves to flee to the surface. And he makes a clean escape. The other Mandalorians continue fighting with the Imperials with blasters and melee weapons. Uh, both sides experience uh, casualties. In the face of the Mandalorian uh, resistance, the Imperials retreat. And the Mandalorians pursue the Imperials, but uh, Dindarin tells Grogu he has to, has to keep up. They chase the Imperial Commandos inside uh, an Imperial Starfighter base, but they are trapped behind blast doors. Uh-oh. They're trapped. Ooh. It's a trap! And uh, Dindarin and two other Mandalorians are on the other side of the blast doors and make a fiery stand while the others, other two are killed. Dindarin is subdued and restrained by fiber cord whips uh, from the Imperial uh, commandos. And suddenly, Moff Gideon uh, arrives in a dark in dark trooper armor. He tells the, his Mandalorian prisoners that their time has passed, but 
but their culture and spirit will live on in him. You know, because I'm uh, I'm a special kind of guy. He explains that he explains that he has exploited the planet's resources to build the next generation of dark troopers. Gideon says he hopes to use elements of the Jedi, Mandalorians, and clones to create a new army that will restore order to the galaxy. And he orders Dinjarin to be brought to the briefing room. Which is weird. Why wouldn't he just kill him like he's killing everybody else? But uh, he wants and he seeks. <laughs> he seeks. Uh, he's seeking to complete the Mandalorian purge, and uh, Gideon orders that the Tie Fighter bombers and interceptors prepare to strike the unaware, unaware Mandalorian fleet. Bo-Katan says she regrets not killing Gideon when she had a chance. Gideon demands that she surrender the Darksaber and tell her people to submit. And Paz Vizsla defiantly fires his blaster at the blast doors while Bo-Katan attempts to use the Darksaber to cut a hole through the back blast door. Gideon orders his troops to open the front blast doors and kill, and kill them. Uh, Bo-Katan manages to cut the hole through the rear and the Mandalorians... Grogu and IG-12 escape, which uh, that's the same thing. IG-12 and Grogu is the same thing. Escape at, at the time, uh, but uh, Paz Vizsla decides to make a last stand and seals the front blast door. Bo-Katan retreats while Vizsla runs out of ammunition. He fights the jump troopers in hand-to-hand combat and even throws two or three of them down the chasm. Vizsla is attacked by three Praetorian guards and activates his personal combat shield. Despite his defiant stand, Vizsla is impaled and stabbed numerous times by the Praetorian guards who leave him to die on the floor. Moment of silence. Scott disappeared. So, that leads me to the uh, question of the week, since the credits are rolling. Uh, my question is kind of related to uh, the article that uh, Rick sent in about the spies. Um, it is, uh, crap, we're going to pull it up. I don't have it up. It's asking, basically, if uh, the obvious question, that if the armor is the... Uh, is the armorer working against the Mandalorians? Is she, the, is she one of the spies? And uh, I kind of think maybe she has something to do with something, but we don't know. What do you think, Scott? Do you think uh, the armorer is uh, one of the spies, or is it um, that Axe Wolves guy, or the. Uh, Why do you think she's a spy? Well, because they called the episode The Spies, and we only saw actually one spy, which was Ella Kane. Who do you think who do you think other spies are? I don't know. All right. So 
there's a couple people that could be. It could be uh, um, Axe Wolves. It could be that uh, we talked about the uh, Costa, the, the female uh, Mandalorian that's always hanging around Axe Wolves. Um, it could be uh, Grief Cargo. We don't know. Maybe Grief is uh, still trying to you know, get out, get his own uh, thing going. I don't, and he, I don't see how the armor would be one. You think why not? Because she took the, went, just because she took the injured back, back and wasn't in the fight. That's one of the reasons. I, but I think that's. What, I think that's what we're kind of being, you know, led to believe. But I think it's gonna. I don't know. I. The more I think about it, the more I think she's not. Initially, yeah, I thought she kind of had some part to do in it. But the more I think about it, I think that's what they want us to believe, and then blindside us with something else. Like, you know. Yeah, no. yeah I think so, too. I, I, I just don't really know what that is, and it's probably because, you know, I'm second-guessing and triple-guessing and kind of what they want us to do, I guess, but um. Yeah. So, Scott, I was, I was telling Rick that, um, this next episode, which is the final final episode for the season, uh, a major character is supposed to die. We don't know who that is yet, but a major character is supposed to die. So, throw this one out as a wild theory. It's Grogu, and and they're using it. They're using the Force to you know communicate somehow and. He's unintentionally doing it, you know, because he doesn't have control over his his power yet. It's a I don't know. I think I think he's got a lot more control over it than he did uh, last season. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a stretch. I, I was looking at the cast here too to see uh, if anybody stood out. Um, you know, and this, uh, the only other one I can think of is, like I said, Grief Cargo, because he was kind of a shifty guy to begin with, and then, uh, we supposedly he's, uh, reformed and, uh, is now the whatever of that, um, Navarro. True. I don't know. It could be anybody. It could be someone else that we're not even thinking about. What's that? What's isn't Moff Gideon just all about all about getting Grogu back? No. Huh? He wanted Grogu for uh, for his DNA. But he wasn't all about getting Grogu back. If he was... Don't you think that he would have gone more after Grogu then? Or do you think, or do you think that he got Mando and take him to question him and then he's going to he, he's going to go, goes, uh, we'll give you Mando if you give us a little cuddly thing. I don't know. He didn't He didn't act like he was interested in Grogu at all this last uh, couple episodes. Yeah. So. Well, he's already got the doctor, so he doesn't need Grogu. Well. You don't got a doctor. Yeah. Dr. Pershing. Dr. Fried. Well, but he got what he needed off the doctor, so... But the doctor needed Grogu. Well, did he? Never got they, Grogu. They, they had it. Yeah, they did. They had him for a while, remember? Because he had to go back and rescue him out of their 
possession. Oh, that's right. So they could have already gotten DNA from him, but we don't know. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so we've that's why we watch. We've we've got the. What about the uh, how the how they how they set up camp in uh, on uh, Mandalore Empire? Gideon, you mean? Yeah. Was yeah, that, that, was, that, was that just after that meeting? How what? How much time passed? Or was he just trying to protect that? He's just trying trying to protect that. I think uh, so. Gideon was involved in the the Great Purge of Bandalore, which happened a while ago. It happened during the Clone Wars or around that time. And uh, I think probably. Not long after that, he started to set up his own little base right there on, on that planet. Okay. So he's yeah. been there for years, I guess. Good cover to destroy the planet and make it, you know, where it was uninhabitable to build your base because he knew the resources were available there. I even wonder if, um, you know, they talk about how the mag magnetic field is so messed up that they can't scan. Who knows if maybe that's Moff Gideon doing something to cause that? We don't know. So he can't. So people can't find him. You know, because he is in hiding. Of course, he's been captured a couple times, but always escapes. Yeah, always escapes. All right, let's talk about some feedback. Yeah, so that email will get us uh, feedback. Um, it'd be nice if you wrote something, but you could also record a video and send it to us that way. Um, we also have a feedback link on the left-hand side of the website. I point over there because if you're watching the video on our website, it's right over there. So that'll get us uh, feedback. Um, we just talked about the question of the week. Um, that's over there, too, and there's a, a spot there where you can put comments on the uh, question of the week. You can you know, basically explain why you answered the way you answered or anything else you want to put in there. You want to ask, uh, you know, Scott, what kind of chips he's eating or, or, or whatever. Uh, we're on Twitter at super underscore duper dot pod. And we also have videos on YouTube and Spotify. And there's uh, spots for comments on all those areas too. So anywhere you want to put those comments, we'll take them and, uh, ask and, me a question. Yeah. Ask him a question. We don't know what he's going to say, so be careful. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, uh, we want your, your feedback as much in as, as much in as, as possible. Send us all of it. All right, so anything else you guys want to discuss on this uh, episode? It's a pretty packed episode. I think it was pretty uh, action-packed. Next one's going to be better be good. Better be. Well, it's it's going to suck. <laughs> I think the finale is going to be good, but it's definitely going to suck for sure. 
That's why I said this one. This, this one sucked. This one was awesome. There was so was pretty good too. Up. I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, I, I thought the good guys always won. Nope. Nope. Not in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I don't. It seems like the uh, bad guys always come out on top of them. I mean, look, we had so, Jabba the Hutt take Han Solo. I mean, there you go. I, you know? So. He got away, though. Yeah, true, he did. But, he, had to get a, he had to get a girl to help him out, but he got away. Or he stuck a lot of time in the cryo freeze. So. No, I thought yeah. this was an awesome episode. I thought they did a really good job tying a lot of stuff together. I mean, there was a lot going on. Like, it was, yeah. you know, like the episode before, two episodes before, you know, it was like two different, it was like only two settings. This one, there was like all over the place. Yeah, there's like four or five settings this time. And so it tied a lot of stuff together, like, you know, getting us prepped for this next episode, which I think is going to be really awesome, but I just think it's going to suck because we're going to be stuck with... I still. What are we waiting for? Like the ending, like the ending during the credits. I like the artwork. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's always fun to watch too. Yeah. The uh, little Grogu in the in in the robot was really good. It's so he was so cute. He had a little smirk on his face. Yeah. 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 Have Whatever. Right. Let's predict who we think is going to die. Okay. Okay, let's do that. So, I think that uh, I'm going to throw this one out there. I think uh, Bo-Katan's going to die in this next episode. Yeah, that's a good guess. She's going to give her life. She's going to give her life for the, the rest of them. You think that? I don't know. I, I, I think that's one of the obvious ones. The other obvious one is, is probably the one that... And Moff's going to win and take the saber back and then I don't know. Everyone's going to be the Empire. I think uh, the other obvious one is uh, is the armor, but uh, Bo-Katan is the one that I think is, is the one that's going to die. She's too sick. I can see that. I agree. I can see both of those, but that's not who I'm guessing, but that's who I see. What are you, you want right. to go I'll go with, with Bo-Katan. Okay, go with Bo-Katan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on the limb here. I think it's Grogu. You do, huh? I do. I think Grogu gets killed. Well, I, well, we can't I don't go forward with his story now. I mean, well, is is the story about what else? Is the story about is the story about Grogu? Is the story about uh, Dinjarin? Well. well that they're the ones that brought Gug. I mean, at the beginning of it, right? He's been all three seasons, right? But yeah, what well, purpose does he serve after this? He's what's, been what's, season, I think what's the been, name of the sh- What's the name of the show, though? What's the name of the show? It's not the Grogu show. It's the uh, Mandalorian. But I also yeah. don't think he's the only one that died. I think yeah. dies too, but he, I think he, Grogu is the one that's going to be everybody's going to say hurt so bad. I, I think it's going to be Grogu. I think they kill him off. I don't know. I I mean, we have to, you know, there's got to be something for next season. 
which likely is going to be the last season for the for Mandalorian two. Um, they talked about fifth season, but I don't know. Since they inter- introduced these movies and stuff, I don't know if that's going to ha- be the way it's going to happen. But I think um, Rick, if Grogu was killed off, I think there would be riots in the streets if that happened. <laughs> I'm not saying there's not. I'm just telling you that the the, the, the director would just die. It, it dies by using all his all his all all his energy force to 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 save Mando. That, that's how I think this is going to play out. I I'm because the the director, this Rick F. Whatever said, you know, it's going to hurt. I think Grogu protects Din. But he kills Moff in the process. That's that's my going out on the limb here. I, I just think we're going to be left with Din gets saved, Grogu kills Moff, but he dies in the process of killing Moff Gideon. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. That's what I think is going to happen. He, he, he served his purpose, and now it's time for him to go live in the Force. In the, in the Force. Yeah. The yeah. Force access to the right. rest of them. Yep. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm going with Grogu. Well, that would that would make sense in a way because Grogu isn't in the the future movies, of course. Um, it doesn't mean anything. He still could be alive. We just don't know about him in the future movies. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think. Uh, I'm bored. I think there's. I think there's two scenarios where Moff Gideon dies or Moff Gideon survives. Um. Because Moff Gideon, he wasn't really in the first season, but he's been the uh, the guy in the background f- for all the rest of the seasons. So if he dies, what are they going to do the next season? Is it is it all going to be you know about Thrawn and all this stuff? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think because Thrawn will become the new antagonist. I, see, I don't think so because um, I mean. I think he'll be there. I think he'll be. They'll talk about him, but we still will never see Thrawn him. Don't want to deal don't, with Thrawn. Doesn't want to deal with Moth. Thrawn's his own entity. I, I understand that, but what I'm saying is, he's not going to be in the Mandalorian show. They'll mention his name, but he's not going to be in the show. Thrawn. Yeah. Who's supposed to show up? No. Yes. No, they never that's said what, that. That's what the articles. I mean. No, that was Ahsoka. Ahsoka is where he's always been at. Okay. <clears throat> See, I think his, his first I appearance in live action is supposed to be in Ahsoka. I opened the can of worms, but I think they're going to interwove Ahsoka and the Mandalorian next season. And I think yeah, there we Thrawn's going to take over the bad the bad guy that you know. Antagonist. Antagonist. Thank you, Scott. I couldn't think of the dang word. That's how I, I see I don't it. think so. But we'll I don't think so. That's, so. Why we That's why we you wait till dollar, later. Put you got a dollar put on the barrel head, buddy. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, so we've got uh, Team uh, uh, Team Grogu is going to die, and Team uh, Grogu is not going to die. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be. I think if that happens, yeah. That, well, I mean, three fourths of the people that watch watch for Grogu, so. At least that's the way it seems sometimes in the media and stuff. Those stupid, non-knowing Star Wars women that watch for Grogu. They're all, they're all about baby Grogu. Look at the baby. He's so cute. 
Except no, for the like sixty years old at this point. Yeah, <laughs> he is. You know, you sit there and they watch and they want let their kids watch and they kill Grogu off. There's going to be a, a lot of lot of child psychologist appointments the next day. <laughs> yeah, but what better way to what better way to live? People talking about the show, you know. Leave it, leave. It. They'd be talking all summer. Yep. So I, that's just my thing. I I knew it was going to open a can of worms when I said it, but that's that's my prediction, yeah. and I'm yeah. sticking yeah. to it. Well, and, and to your other points where you you know you think this episode's been pretty good, and um, I thought the other episode before that was not too bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't it wasn't as good as this one. Um, so on Twitter, usually on Thursday or Wednesdays and Thursdays, um, it's flooded with people talking about Mandalorian, right? Well, this last week it's been almost it's been trending almost every day of the week. Um, because they're building up to the, uh, you know, the finale, of course. I was trending because they had the, the, the Star Wars thing in London. No, that's part of it. But uh, it was more talking about the episodes and stuff like that was going to happen and stuff. Um, because we got to see, uh, you know, that, that Shadow Council. And mm-hmm. some of those people are, uh, are people, a lot of, a lot of, um, diehard fans have been waiting to show up and stuff. Um, many of those warlords are are people we'll probably never see again, but a couple of them are pretty important. Um, so and I, I pointed them out. I pointed them out. It's that one Hux guy, and then the uh, guy that was right hand to Thrawn mm-hmm. are the two important ones there in that Shadow so Council. But right there with Grogu. The one that talked about Thrawn, he, I think, I think it has more power than Moth, because Moth kind of shut the hell up when he mentioned Thrawn. Well, yeah, because he's the Thrawn's the guy. So I was kind of, sort of explaining this to Rick too, but um, Thrawn was employed, let's say, by Darth Vader, mm-hmm. um, and of course we know Darth Vader dies. And that's when he goes into hiding. Thrawn goes into hiding. Um, and that's why he's in hiding right now. Um, but uh, Thrawn created this group called the Hand of Thrawn. That's what he called mm-hmm. them. And they were uh, a group of people that were his right-hand men. And I think this uh, Hux guy and the other guy, the well, they, they had his name and everything. His, Pelion. Uh, yeah, that guy. Pelion guy. He... Uh, he is, those two are, are right, right close to Thrawn to start with. And Thrawn's got, Thrawn's was smart enough that when things went down that he, uh, he took a lot of the fleet somewhere else and hid it, basically. So that's how they have access to all the, all the fleet and stuff like that, all the reinforcements that they ask for and whatever. So here's your um, other story for season four is that Project Necromancer bringing back Palpatine. Yeah, we could see more of that. We can see more of that. I I don't know. I I think we're gonna see. I mean, so the bad batches before, so we're gonna get a glimpse in in uh, the new season of Bad Batch on what's going on there because they got to rescue Crosshair and then they've got to 
you know, maybe destroy part of that facility or something. But um, that facility on Bad Batch is where Project Necromancer is is at exact the exact spot it's at, Mount Tanis. Um, and so we got, the, we got the the dude that took over whatever and captured that guy's character. Then can roll into the Mandalorian possibly too with Necromancer. I can't think. Yeah, of the, the doctor guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Doctor Hemlock. Hemlock. That's oh. it. I knew. I knew it was some kind of drink that was poisonous. Hemlock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, um, but. Four, season four and season five are easily done, and Grogu is <laughs> out of the picture. He's gone. Are you know, without a tear shed. He's gone without a tear shed. Well, yeah. I don't know about that, but Grogu's gone. I'm joking. I, uh, I'll cry. I, uh, <laughs> I, honestly, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that sad that Grogu would be gone because I think. Uh, He's only there for the fluff, if you know what I mean. He's not really. I, I, I he's the fluff. The fluff is getting old. He needs to have. He needs to either grow up and have a part and use the force to help Mando out, or he needs to go away. You're cold hearted. You no me. me? Let's chip some of that ice off of that heart. I need some for my tea. Holy smokes, Grogu. No. Man. Whatever. I, I just think that he's only let's let's say we took Grogu out of the picture. Uh-huh. Would the story could you still tell the same story? Probably. It would be awesome. Grogu's been been holding holding Mando back. Because he has Maybe. to be behind him all the time to make sure he's okay. But he's also helped him grow too, but that's that's besides the point. But I, I don't know. Grogu, uh, I always think, you know, like I said earlier, it's not the Grogu show, it's the Mandalorian. So it's about Mandalorians, not Grogu, in my opinion. Yeah, Sorry. so he needs to go away. So it needs to be a Mando show, not a Grogu show. That's that's why I watched it to begin with. It's not for Grogu, it's, it's for Mandalorians. Yeah, <laughs> so so why are you, why are you bitching about having Grogu go away? Because I think the I think the rest of the the uh, audience will get will get rid of them. They'll, they'll Rick, I think, Rick, I, think I, I think we found a soft soft spot. Yeah, no, you haven't. I, he no, you have a logo shirt under that shirt he's wearing. No, I don't. <laughs> but I do have several Grogu's up here. But no, yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, well, I don't. I don't care. I, like I said, I, I think he shouldn't have been in the show as much as he has. He's just waiting for the turn off so he can put his Grogu hat on with the ears. <laughs> I, I would have been happy if he would have uh, stayed with Luke Skywalker and not uh, continued on the show. But yeah, but here's the big question: Do uh, do we see Grogu in the Ahsoka show then coming up? Because we know that Ahsoka knows that he was with Luke. So, we're going to have a flashback with Grogu when he was there. Now that he's dead, then they'll still be able to incorporate him in the other shows. Yeah, because he'll, 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 he'll be a force a force picture or whatever it is. He'll be yeah, in, yeah. in that. It makes Ghost. perfect sense. No, it doesn't. 
Marketing. There we go. Marketing this. See, more, no. more, more intelligent, more intelligent discussion. I guess that's no. what this, this will definitely get feedback. Kill Grogu off. These people are talking about killing Grogu off. What the you hell? Have to have, you have to have people to listen first before you get feedback. <laughs> oh, you are so cold. You, you Not cold, to, I'm just saying. You need to have creative media. And so your title on this one is Spies. Grogu? Goku's dead. <laughs> I could. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. When they had when they had Grogu for that time before he had to rescue him, there, there's a tracker in him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Waiting for Moth to say one word, and Grogu's eyes turn different. He turns around, and tries to kill Mando. Turns red, and Mando has to kill Grogu. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay, I don't believe that one, but it's a good good idea. <laughs> it's, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going crazy. So uh let's wrap it up since we've been going for an hour and a half now. This is a long long version of the podcast. So Hey Rick, let's get out of here. Rick, we gotta watch we gotta watch this when he posts it because he's gonna knock all this Grogu crap out. I bet you a hundred dollars. I bet you a dollar. Whatever. That's all right. I you you're my witness. I said it first. Grogu dies. Yeah, yeah. Rick. Rick from the Ville. <laughs> viral. Viral video. Grogu dies right here. Yep. There we go. He's gonna have so much traffic you won't know what to do with. <laughs> That'd be fine. I'm not. Well, all, these, all these women sitting, getting on site. What the fuck? Yeah, get back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't let my child watch any Star Wars now. Never know. Alright, okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R Kyle That's R-A-B-R dot K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at all. A B R dot K A I L E J O H A N S E N dot U S. This podcast in no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms Ltd, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express the views or opinions of their past or present employers. Views and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms, LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. 
any rebroadcast, reproduction, or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of Super Duper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. Prohibited. I am Kyle Johnson, and this is Andrew Scott. Mm-hmm. Say goodbye now. And Rick, don't forget Rick. Rick the very bye. I was gonna. I was gonna say real quick that uh, the last episode that I put up on Thursday has already had twenty three views on people watching, which was a good sign. Grogu dies. Grogu dies. You're gonna get like double. Right. <laughs> Grogu dies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Extra, 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 extra. Come read about it. Listen, read about, about it. it. Listen all about it. There you go. That's better. All right, guys. I'm going to cut it off from the recording.